In the name of Allah, the most merciful and kind, you are about to listen to an audio representation of the life of the Prophet Muhammad. It does not replace a thorough studying of his life. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Ibrahim looked up at the night sky. He eyed the brightest star he could find and articulated loudly so all the people around him could hear, This is my Lord. But when the star disappeared, he dismissed it, saying, I do not like those that disappear. Chapter 5 Finding Jibril. The world around the Prophet of Allah seemed to be a blur. For the first few days after leaving Waraka ibn Nufal's home, Muhammad did not seem to be present. It was as though he was watching his family from behind the window. The echoes of his daughter Fatima's crying seemed miles away. The conversation around him sounded like it was in a different language. He barely touched the food Khadija had placed in front of him one morning. Muhammad? Muhammad? He snapped out of his trance and looked at his cousin Ali. Muhammad, are you going to eat that? The Prophet of Allah stared at Ali, slightly confused. Khadija broke the silence. There's more food here, Ali dear, she said, trying to distract him away from Muhammad's aloofness as she cradled Fatima in one arm. The Prophet met his wife's eyes. Only she knew. They had told nobody else. The echoes of Waraka's words reverberated in Muhammad's mind. You are... The Messenger of Allah. He continued to stare off into seemingly nothing as his family ate around him. When breakfast had concluded, Muhammad excused himself and left the house. The morning was abuzz with life. The city streets were packed with residents, some carrying loads, others opening shop, many riding animals. Muhammad stared at them all. Nobody seemed to have realized anything. Nobody was behaving in any way that indicated that a gigantic angel had been here just last night. The poets were rhyming, the slaves were laboring, everything was so... normal. But things were not normal. He was a prophet now, wasn't he? Waraka seemed to think so. An angel had given him words, revelation from Allah himself. Would he come again? Would he come here with all these people watching? But no angel came that day, nor the next day, nor the day after that. He couldn't help but question whether the whole ordeal had really even happened. A few days later, Muhammad found himself walking to the mountains, looking up at the sky every once in a while. He didn't know what he feared more, finding the angel or not. It was a strange thing, seeking out the thing he dreaded. But if he was truly a prophet, he wanted to obey Allah's wishes. The trouble was he didn't know what those wishes were. Because the angel or devil or whatever had squeezed him that night did not show itself no matter where he went. Every now and then, he thought he saw the man from his dreams watching him in the city. Tall and handsome, clothing extremely white, hair exceedingly black ignored by all the other people as though he were not there. But whenever he would look towards the man to get a better look, he would be gone. 
The Prophet, peace be upon him, trekked alone out in the wilderness. He noticed that a cloud seemed to be following him with its shade. He kept walking. Maybe this was a sign that today would be different? Muhammad stopped dead in his tracks. He spun around. There was nobody there, but he heard it. He heard someone say, peace be upon you. He looked frantically around. He walked in the direction of the disembodied voice. There was nothing there. Nothing but a wide rock with a protruding top. Muhammad jumped. The voice came from the rock. He was sure this time. The voices were coming from all the stones and rocks around him. He looked around in every direction, not knowing what to do. The world around him was wishing him peace. But peace was not what he was feeling as he ran back to his home. Muhammad. Muhammad. He was once again back in his home, so deep in thought that he hadn't heard Khadija the first time. Did you hear what I said? Waraka. He passed away last night. It took him a moment to realize that the only person who might have helped him was now dead. He was no closer to understanding what was happening as he was on the night at Hira. Maybe he wasn't meant to be a prophet. Maybe he had done something wrong to upset Allah. No, Allah will not humiliate you, I swear by Allah. Clarity will come. Trust in him. Weeks went by. The Prophet, peace be upon him, no longer looked to the skies for a sign of the angel. Occasionally, he would hear a tree or a rock send its peace upon him. The wide rock with a protruding top said, Assalamu alaikum in its strange voice every single time he passed it, to a point where he came to expect it. He made his climb to the top of Mount Hira. He finally decided to return there. He looked over the mountains of Mecca. How he wished this confusion would just stop. He wasn't insane. He knew he wasn't. But his experiences were so strange and inexplicable. Nobody else was having dreams, hearing voices, or seeing angels. He looked over the cliff face. It was a long way down. Muhammad. The voice startled him so much he nearly fell over the edge of the mountain. He looked frantically around. It was the voice. His voice. Muhammad, I am Jibreel. And you, you are Rasulullah. His heart was pounding. Nothing else happened. No light or wind or anything. Jibreel was his name, just as Waraka said. And he was Rasulullah, the messenger of Allah. But other than that, Jibreel did not say a word, didn't show himself. Jibreel! Jibreel! He called out, his voice echoing across the mountains. He waited for such a long time for something to happen. But the voice did not return. He pulled his knees to his chest and watched the sunset. He did the only thing he could think of. On top of a secluded mountain in the middle of the brilliant orange sky, the Rasul, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed. 
Ibrahim saw the bright moon illuminated in the black sky. This is my lord, he said. But when it disappeared, he stated, If my lord does not guide me, I shall be from the lost ones. His people watched him with unease. Aunt Khadija, bread and vinegar again? Yes, Hattie. It is what is left from yesterday. I saw Abu Lahab's kids eat meat. Why can't we have meat? Khadija struggled to find an answer that would make sense to an eight-year-old. Rasulullah picked up a piece of bread from the wooden plate and dipped it excitedly in the vinegar. Vinegar is an excellent condiment, he said, as he took a mouthful of the bread and chewed with satisfaction. Ali watched him with his eyes wide. I like vinegar too, he said excitedly, imitating Rasulullah's routine. The Prophet's daughters also scooped up pieces of bread and began dipping enthusiastically. Khadija stole a look at her husband. They smiled at each other. Um Ayman broke the sound of chewing from the children. Well, I have requested is not vinegar. The Prophet smiled and said, Yes, mother. I need to get supplies from the market. Your good wife keeps giving it all away to poor people. I need to borrow a camel to take me. The Prophet looked at her and raised an eyebrow. I will give you the child of a camel, he said. Um Ayman's mouth fell open. What good is the child of a camel? It will not hold me and I do not want it. The Prophet Muhammad shook his head with defiance. I will only give you the child of a camel, he said. How? I have no use for the child of a camel. Her dark and grizzled features were laden with confusion. The Prophet Muhammad stared defiantly at Um Ayman. Only the child of a camel, he said. Um Ayman shot a glance at Khadija, who had her hand over her mouth, trying to hide her smile. The Rasul's lips stretched into a beautiful smile. Oh, mother, isn't every camel the child of another? He said. Oh, you. Everyone <laughs> laughed. They laughed even harder when she grabbed some bread and shoved it into his mouth, saying, Eat. <laughs> his spirits were lifted that day. Things felt normal again. But he still felt obliged to trek out into the wilderness after breakfast. It was part of his daily routine after all these weeks. The protruding rock said as he passed it. By this point, the Prophet was used to its greeting. It had been more than a month since that night in Hira. His nerves were calmed and he walked in that brisk pace that was quicker than the average man. The Prophet did not know what Allah had decided, but he would be content to wait for as long as it took to find out. Light. Suddenly... Everywhere, powerful, the Messenger of Allah was dazzled by its intensity. It was as though a second sun had erupted in the sky. He put his hand in front of his face to shield his eyes. But even through squinted eyes, he knew he was there. He had appeared spectacularly in front of him. The one he had been looking for all this time, the being of light himself, the angel Jibril. Finally, Ibrahim witnessed the sun. This is my lord. This is the greatest. But when it disappeared, he declared, O oh, my people, I am free from what you partner with Allah. He never doubted it, never truly believed in the celestial deities. It was to show his people, showing them that there was just one God. <laughs>